We cannot acknowledge allegiance to any human government. Neither can we oppose any such government by a resort to physical force. We recognize but one king and lawgiver, one judge and ruler of mankind. We are bound by the laws of a kingdom which is not of this world, the subjects of which are forbidden to fight, in which mercy and truth are met together, and righteousness and peace have kissed each other, which has no state lines, no national partitions, no geographical boundaries, in which there is no distinction of rank or division of caste or inequality of sex, the officers of which are peace, its exactors righteousness, its wall salvation, and its gates praise, and which is destined to break in pieces and consume all other kingdoms. Welcome. You're listening to Sabbath Ways. This is episode one, Hit Me Baby One More Time, The Principle of Non-Resistance. I'm your host, ex-Prince, and on this podcast, I'll be sharing glimpses of religious writings and perspectives from diverse traditions throughout the U.S. and beyond. It's one part religious story time, one part electric organ dreamscape, and a dollop of historical context. My co-host is my electric organ, the Wurlitzer fund maker, Super Sprite. Today I'm reading from the Declaration of Sentiments adopted by the Peace Convention. The Peace Convention was held in Boston in September 1838 by the New England Non-Resistance Society, a group of radical abolitionists led by William Lloyd Garrison. As their name suggests, they practiced non-resistance, or what we often call today, non-violence. While not a religious tradition per se, what you hear in the Declaration of Sentiments is the expression of political views premised in Christianity. Members of the Peace Convention adhered to Jesus' call during the Sermon on the Mount to, quote, turn the other cheek. They therefore rejected all forms of retaliation and violence, even justified forms. Members of the Peace Convention abhorred the American institution of slavery, worked for its immediate abolition, and were adamant that any government that ruled by force was incommensurate with Christianity. On Sabbath ways, I interpret text broadly, meaning sometimes I read from scriptures, sometimes from letters, and other times even transcripts of religious meetings. Some texts are meant to be provocative, others inspiring, and others pretty challenging. Stay tuned at the end of the reading for a bit more information on the principle of non-resistance and the Peace Convention. Assembled in convention from various sections of the American Union for the promotion of peace on earth and goodwill among men, We, the undersigned, regarded as due to ourselves, to the cause which we love, to the country in which we live, and to the world, to publish a declaration expressive of the principles we cherish, the purposes we aim to accomplish, and the measures we shall adopt to carry forward the work of peaceful, universal reformation. Our country is the world. Our countrymen are all mankind. 
We love the land of our nativity only as we love all other lands. The interests, rights, liberties of American citizens are no more dear to us than are those of the whole human race. Hence we can allow no appeal to patriotism, to revenge any national insult or injury. The Prince of Peace, under whose stainless banner we rally, came not to destroy, but to save, even the worst of enemies. He has left us an example that we should follow his steps. God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We conceive that if a nation has no right to defend itself against foreign enemies or to punish its invaders, no individual possesses that right in his own case. The unit cannot be of greater importance than the aggregate. If one man may take life to obtain or defend his rights, the same license must necessarily be granted to communities, states, and nations. If he may use a dagger or a pistol, they may employ cannon, bombshells, land, and naval forces. The means of self-preservation must be in proportion to the magnitude of interest at stake and the number of lives exposed to destruction. But if a rapacious and bloodthirsty soldiery thronging these shores from abroad with intent to commit rapine and destroy life may not be resisted by the people or magistracy, then ought no resistance to be offered to domestic troublers of the public peace or of private security. No obligation can rest upon Americans to regard foreigners as more sacred in their persons than themselves or to give them a monopoly of wrongdoing with impunity. The dogma that all the governments of the world are approvingly ordained of God and that the powers that be in the United States, in Russia, in Turkey, are in accordance with his will is not less absurd than impious. It makes the impartial author of human freedom and equality unequal and tyrannical. It cannot be affirmed that the powers that be in any nation are actuated by the spirit or guided by the example of Christ in the treatment of enemies. Therefore, they cannot be agreeable to the will of God, and therefore their overthrow by a spiritual regeneration of their subjects is inevitable. We register our testimony not only against all wars, whether offensive or defensive, but all preparations for war, against every naval ship, every arsenal, every fortification, against the militia system and a standing army, against all military chieftains and soldiers, against all monuments commemorative of victory over a fallen foe, all trophies won in battle, all celebrations in honor of military or naval exploits, against all appropriations for the defense of a nation by force and arms, on the part of any legislative body, against every edict of government requiring of its subjects military service. Hence we deem it unlawful to bear arms or to hold a military office. As every human government is upheld by physical strength and its laws are enforced virtually at the point of the bayonet, we cannot hold any office which imposes upon its incumbent the obligation to compel men to do right on the pain of imprisonment or death. We therefore voluntarily exclude ourselves 
from every legislative and judicial body and repudiate all human politics, worldly honors, and stations of authority. If we cannot occupy a seat in the legislature or on the bench, neither can we elect others to act as our substitutes in any such capacity. It follows that we cannot sue any man at law to compel him by force to restore anything which he may have wrongfully taken from us or others. But if he has seized our coat, we shall surrender up our cloak, rather than subject him to punishment. We believe that the penal code of the old covenant, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, has been abrogated by Jesus Christ, and that, under the new covenant, the forgiveness, instead of the punishment of enemies, has been enjoined upon all his disciples, in all cases, whatsoever. To extort money from his enemies, or set them upon a pillory, or cast them into prison, or hang them upon a gallows, is obviously not to forgive, but to take retribution. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. The history of mankind is crowded with evidence proving that physical coercion is not adapted to moral regeneration, that the sinful disposition of men can be subdued only by love, that evil can be exterminated from earth only by goodness, that it is not safe to rely on an arm of flesh upon a man whose breath is in his nostrils to preserve us from harm, that there is great security in being gentle, harmless, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy, that it is only the meek who shall inherit the earth, for the violent who resort to the sword are destined to perish with the sword. Hence, as a measure of sound policy, of safety to property, life, and liberty, of public quietude and private enjoyment, as well as on the ground of allegiance to him who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we cordially adopt the non-resistance principle, being confident that it provides for all possible consequences, will ensure all things needful to us, is armed with omnipotent power, and must ultimately triumph over every assailing force. We advocate no Jacobinical doctrine. The spirit of Jacobinism is the spirit of retaliation, violence, and murder. It neither fears God nor regards man. We would be filled with the Spirit of Christ. If we abide by our principles, it is impossible for us to be disorderly, or plot treason, or participate in any evil work. We shall submit to every ordinance of man, for the Lord's sake, obey all the requirements of government, except such as we deem contrary to the commands of the gospel, and in no case resist the operation of the law except by meekly submitting to the penalty of disobedience. But while we shall adhere to the doctrine of non-resistance and passive submission to enemies, we purpose, in a moral and spiritual sense, to speak and act boldly in the cause of God, to assail iniquity in high places and in low places, to apply our principles to all existing civil, political, legal, and ecclesiastical institutions, and to hasten the time 
when the kingdoms of this world will have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. It appears to us a self-evident truth that whatever the gospel is designed to destroy at any period of the world, being contrary to it, ought now to be abandoned. If then, the time is predicted when swords shall be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, and men shall not learn the art of war anymore, it follows that all who manufacture, sell, or wield these deadly weapons do thus array themselves against the peaceful dominion of the Son of God on earth. Having thus briefly, but frankly, stated our principles and purposes, we proceed to specify the measures we propose to adopt in carrying out our object into effect. We expect to prevail through the foolishness of preaching, striving to commend ourselves unto every man's conscience in the sight of God. From the press, we shall promulgate our sentiments as widely as practicable. We shall endeavor to secure the cooperation of all persons of whatever name or sect. The triumphant progress of the cause of temperance and abolition in our land through the instrumentality of benevolent and voluntary associations encourages us to combine our own means and efforts for the promotion of a still greater cause. Hence we shall employ lecturers, circulate tracts and publications, form societies, and petition our state and national governments in relation to the subject of universal peace. It will be our leading object to devise ways and means for effecting a radical change in the views, feelings, and practices of society, respecting the sinfulness of war and the treatment of enemies. In entering upon the great work before us, we are not unmindful that, in its prosecution, we may be called to test our sincerity, even as in a fiery ordeal. It may subject us to insult, outrage, suffering, yea, even death itself. We anticipate no small amount of misconception, misrepresentation, calumny. Tumults may arise against us, the ungodly and the violent, the proud and the pharisaical, the ambitious and tyrannical, principalities and powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places may combine to crush us. So they treated the Messiah, whose example we are humbly striving to imitate. If we suffer with him, we know that we shall reign with him. We shall not be so afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Our confidence is in the Lord Almighty, not in man. Having withdrawn from human protection, what can sustain us but faith which overcomes the world? We shall not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try us, as though some strange thing had happened unto us, but rejoice inasmuch as we are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Wherefore we commit the keeping of our souls to God in well-doing, as unto the faithful Creator. For everyone that forsakes houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for Christ's sake shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. Firmly relying upon the certain and universal triumph of the sentiments contained in this declaration, however formidable may be the opposition arrayed against them 
in solemn testimony of our faith in their divine origin, we hereby affix our signatures to it, commending it to the reason and conscience of man, giving ourselves no anxiety as to what may befall us, and resolving in the strength of the Lord, calmly and meekly, to abide the issue. The Declaration was the product of a meeting of the New England Non-Resistance Society. It was a short-lived yet very dedicated early 19th century radical abolitionist group. It counted William Lloyd Garrison among its members and leaders. The society sought the end of chattel slavery in America and was distinguished from conservative abolitionist groups at the time by including women as members and in its commitment to non-resistance. A copy of the Declaration was included in Leo Tolstoy's 1894 book, The Kingdom of Heaven is Within You, or Christianity Not as a Mystical Doctrine, but as a New Life Conception. And that's where I discovered it, in Tolstoy's book. Tolstoy relates his views on Christianity as the practical religion of Christ, predicated on the love of peace, or nonviolence, and therefore defiled by the actions of the Orthodox Church and the Russian state government of his time. It is now a classic text of Christian anarchism. The Declaration came to Tolstoy's attention through the efforts of Garrison's son, who, prompted by the resonance between his father and Tolstoy's views, mailed a copy of the text that I just read to Russia. Tolstoy expressed surprise that the Declaration was not widely known in Europe at the time, nor even in America, and he, thankfully for us, chose to reprint it for the benefit of all his readers in underscoring the incommensurability of human governments propelled by violence and the requirements of heaven. This concludes episode one of Sabbath Ways. Thank you to the Wurlitzer Funmaker Super Sprite Organ, played by Eric Margan, and thank you all for listening.